Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. Who's going to rule this person? What's going to be on this person's mind? That's the question. What's on your mind? What's on your mind? Because whatever's on your mind will shape your reality. Whatever is on, on your, your mind, mind will, will shape, shape your, your, world. World. Your, world. your world. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Matthew 12. Uh, this is very familiar. We've actually been here before. And again, we're going to just take our time this morning. I do feel like we're going to be out just a bit early today. But we're going to follow the leading of the Lord. Matthew, the 12th chapter, Matthew 12. I'm going to read uh, three verses and we're going to go on. Matthew 12, verses 30, rather verse 43 through verse 45. And once again, I want to welcome all of you that are here today under the sound of my voice and all of you that, are, that will be listening uh, on the way or that are listening right now uh, by way of CD, by way or and watching by way of DVD or the Internet. God bless you all. I want to welcome all of you to our services. You are a part of it. And this word is for you. So in Matthew, the 12th chapter, let's look at verses 43 through 45. And I'm going to read this to you out of the King James Version. And it says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Verse 45. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. This last sentence is extremely important. It says, even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Now that just ties it all in together. And we're going we're gonna to explain this and really get into this. But notice now the Lord Jesus uh, has just cast out a devil. You can read actually the whole chapter of Matthew 12th chapter and you'll get it. And uh, they were railing at him because of uh, how he did it. And they said, well, you're casting out devils because you're in league with uh, Beelzebub, the prince of demons and all that. He said, no, no, no. I cast out devils simply by the finger of God. God is here. His spirit is present and he has more authority than the devil. Amen. So, but I want you to see uh, the condition. Now, the very last verse, uh, verse 45 says, so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Now, notice what's happening here. Uh, the Lord Jesus has just come into this generation, come into this, uh, to the, into this whole generation. And what has happened is he has brought the gospel. He has brought the good news. He has brought the word. He himself is the word. And uh, he's brought this into this generation. And while the Lord is there, he is sweeping and he is garnishing and he is cleaning house. The word of God is present. Now, uh, what I want you to see is actually this verse personified. That is, see this uh, in your own life and see this in the life of a person. Now, the Lord Jesus goes in just like he did in this generation. 
he goes in and he sweeps and he cleans house and he establishes the gospel. Soon after that, he leaves. Well, the house uh, was swept and clean while Jesus was there. Uh, look at a, a good um, case of that where when he was in the temple and he, and he put three cords together and he whipped out the money changers and he, and he just put everything back in order. Put in, he put everything in order. Uh, those that were sick, he healed them. He raised the dead. He, he cleansed the leopards. You know, the Lord did a lot. He, he cleansed the house. He cleaned the house. But then he went off the scene in the form of a death, burial, and resurrection. Now, after that, some that thought they believed realized that they didn't believe. And, uh, you know, the apostles, of course, rose up and they continued the work of Christ. But a lot of people weren't really established in it. And the end of that was worse uh, than the first. Uh, so many heresies came up and all the other things, but the gospel prevailed. But I want you to see this also in the life of a believer, life of a person. Let's say you come in off the street and you give your life to the Lord. Well, the word of God in you begins to clean you up on the inside. And I've seen this countless times. Someone comes in and give their lives to the Lord and the word of God goes in and their lives begin to change. They get, begin to get clean and things that they used to do, they don't do anymore. That's the work of God on the inside of that person's life. Hallelujah. But something happens. They cease to work. They cease to labor in the kingdom and they go back out in the world and their last state is worse than their first. It's worse. Because now they know what the truth is. Now they know where, what it is and where it is and how to get it. But now they refuse because they're into something else. So the last state is worse than the first. Now, let's look at this. And let me show you how this directly relates to us. And then we're going to get uh, more scriptures really to bring this out to you. He says, when an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. All right. The person has been delivered. Now, when you think of the word spirit, uh, I don't want you just to see it as a demon, but spirits bring thoughts. Spirits bring words. The very definition of a spirit is breath. Okay. So when you think of a spirit, it brings thoughts and it brings words. When a spirit wants to capture somebody or get somebody to do something, well, it's going to try to put a thought in your mind. It's going to try to speak to you to convince you to do a certain action. Okay? So just for the day, when we look at the word spirit, let's consider it as a thought or words. Okay? Uh, when this spirit or these thoughts or words go out of a person, uh, it goes out and seeking to find rest. So these spirits want to go and try to get somebody else to do what they had that last person doing. If this was a spirit of lust and that spirit is cast out, well, what goes with it? It goes, the thoughts go with that thing and the words go with it. And this person is free from those thoughts and those words. You find a lot of people uh, in prisons uh, or in some in the insane asylums, they call them schizophrenic because they hear voices. They hear thoughts. They hear words all the time. Hear words all the time. Now, sometimes there can be a misfiring there uh, in the mind physically, but most often it's a spirit. It's more than one that is speaking to this individual. 
And what they're doing, they're trying to dominate the mind to get this person to do what they want this person to do. Are you with me? But the word of God comes in, a stronger one than those that are possessing the house, those, than those possessing spirits, comes in that person's mind, stronger one, the power of God, uh, the, the spirit of God bringing the word. Now here again, even the Holy Spirit brings the word. Even the Holy Spirit brings thoughts. Are you with me? All right. But his thoughts lead you closer to Jesus, lead you closer to heaven. Spirits bring words, spirits bring thoughts. All right. So, um, we see, like I said, in the jail system, the schizophrenic, uh, in other words, there are other spirits trying to dominate this person's mind, trying to get them to do things. But this person is still in resistance, but they keep hearing voices until a stronger one, a stronger spirit, who is the Holy Spirit, comes inside and then begins to clean house. Okay? Now, so, and let me go back a little bit. So we see people come in, and I've seen it time to time, time after time. They come in, and, they're, uh, and the Lord straightens them out. He cleans them out, and you can actually see their lives change. What happens is the Lord begins to clean them on the inside first. He begins to clean up their thoughts, begin to clean the way they think. And when their thoughts change, their thinking changes, their lives change. They begin to feel better about themselves. They thought they, that they were less than the scum or less than, or lower than dirt. But then they begin to see the word and different thoughts come by the Holy Spirit. And they begin to see themselves better now. I'm not the scum of the earth. I'm actually a child of God and I'm worth something. And when that comes, well, then they'll lift up their head from the ground. They'll lift up their eyes and you can actually see a change in them. You can clearly see the difference between someone who really thinks well of themselves and someone who thinks that, that they're nothing. There is a clear indication of it. But the difference between the two is the way they think about themselves. So the Lord's coming to bring us more thoughts. But now look at this in verse 44. And we really take off here. Are y'all with me today? Verse 44 says, Then he saith, Now this is what this spirit is saying. Here again, the spirit brings thoughts and words. Then he saith, I will return into my house. He's claiming ownership of this person. I'll return into my house from whence I came out. And when he come, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. Now, we'll really get in here. This is how we do not want to be found by the things that used to control us. In times past... Before you came to the Lord, there were thoughts uh, which brought feelings that controlled us. Words, thoughts, feelings. These spirits governed our lives through words, thoughts, feelings, right? And they controlled you. Uh, wake up middle of the night. Boy, I just got a feeling I want to do this. I don't know why I'm thinking about that. I don't know why that's on my mind. And and dream different things and all these thoughts come in and we find ourselves after if we think about them enough you'll find yourself doing it meditation is the key to actions medicate meditation is the key to actions meditation means uh when you're thinking on a thought that has been presented to you 
when you're pondering over a fault that is presented to you. When someone, you, you get a thought, um, well, I'm never, you, you hear words, you're never going to have any money. And if we meditate on that, I'll never have any money. I'll never have any money. I'll never, hmm, I'll never have any money. Hmm, I'm never going to have any money. Huh, I'm never going to have any money. Oh, my God, I'm, ne- I'm going to be broke. And what happens? The life begins to change. And if we have any money, what are we doing? We're closing it down. I'm not giving you anything. Uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm sorry. I got to keep this what I got now. And now greed sets in and all these other things set in. And now your life begins to change based on a thought that was presented to you. Meditation is the key to actions. All the enemy wants to do is get you to think about what he's saying. And if you think about it long enough, it will change your life. The Bible declares in the book of Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. All right. But in verse 44, uh, this is how we do not want to be found. We do not want the house of our lives to be found. Now, house here is really talking about a dwelling place. In verse 44, let me read it again. He says, I will return into my house from which I came out. And when he come, he finds it empty, swept and garnished. Now, the house he's talking about really is your heart, is the spirit of your mind. The Bible declares in the book of uh, 2 Thessalonians, your mind. He finds your mind empty. Now, the word empty means uh, to cease from labor. It means to be free from labor. It means uh, to be leisure, to be idle. The enemy comes with his words and thoughts and finds an idle mind. Now, you've heard the, heard the saying, the idle mind is what, the devil's playground or something like that? Here's an idle mind. Uh, uh, the word empty also means um, to be unoccupied, uh, to be vacant. So they come back in. These spirits come back around with their thoughts. Now, these are the same spirits that bound this person before. Hallelujah. We would also call them familiar spirits. Now, there is something uh, uh, that bounds you before, something that God made you free from, but, uh, I mean, it's gone, but it still knows where you live, and it still knows what you like, and it still knows what to say to you. There are some uh, seducing spirits that bring words. Well, how does a man seduce a woman? With words. Hey, baby, how you doing? I know you must be tired because you've been running through my mind all day. With words, seducing, seduction takes place with words, right? And through those words, it gets people to do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do. These are seducing spirits, so they know your address. They know where you are. They know how to speak it to you. And it may not always be through a spirit uh, speaking, something that you cannot see, but it may be through a person. Spirits speak through people. You know, hey, why don't you go down with us to the club tonight? They're going to be going to have a good time. No, I've changed my mind. I don't like to go down there anymore. Well, what do you mean, baby? Uh, you need to come on. You know we had a good time last time. No, I'm standing for Jesus now. Well, come on now. I'll buy you a drink, your favorite drink. Hmm. 
You know how much you like that drink. Yes, it was tangy last time. You know I like the tang. Yes, baby, you do. I'll pick you up at seven. Okay. Spirits come with thoughts. They come with words, enticing words to try to pull you off of what, uh, what you've known to be true and correct. Now, when these spirits come back to this person, the house is unoccupied. It is vacant. That is, there is nothing in this house um, that is representative of the word of God. There is that the mind is not laboring in the word. This person has not been laboring in the word. They have not been studying. They, they have not been reading the word of God. They, they have not been praying. They have not built up a resistance or tolerance to these other thoughts. Are you with me? So the house is empty. And the, the word empty, again, means to cease from labor. There's no laboring going on. And I can testify of my own self, me. When I have not spent an appropriate amount of time uh, in the word or in prayer, I can tell you I'm weaker. I'm not as strong to the, those old thoughts uh, that tried to come. Now I'm going to have to resist even harder, and some I'll have to resist with my human will saying no. But that's your last line of defense. That's the weakest you, when you try to resist with your will. No, 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 no. When you know real on the inside, yes, 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 yes. When your flesh is saying yes, but you're trying to resist with your soul saying no, it's not going to work. Are you with me? If we were back in Star Trek, we would say, Scotty, bring up the shield. Shields to maximum. Shields to maximum. That devil is firing thoughts and words at me again. He is firing. He is firing. Shields to maximum. Are you with me? But when we have no shield, that means those bombs are going to fly and those bullets are going to hit you directly. And you got nothing to stop it. Because we... Don't spend time with the word of God. Now think about it. On average, we, it's like the world feeds us uh, uh, four or five different meals a day, every day, with something. Either through television or movies or literature or magazines or some sort of licentious stuff. Every day you can get fed. You can get fed. But for a lot of church people, all we get is one snack a week, Sunday morning. Don't pick the word up any other time. Don't pray any other time, just Sunday morning. And we think, why am I having trouble resisting this? Well, the house is empty. Are you with me? The cupboard is empty. And we're going to have trouble resisting if the cupboard is empty, if the house is empty. Now, so that, that, here again, that has to be your choice. It has to be my choice, uh, what we're going to do. Because when we decide not to give God's word place in our lives, we're actually deciding to give something else place. You understand? Now, the word empty also means, and I love this, it means uh, to be vacant of, uh, e of an ecclesiastical office or a priestly office is vacant or a preacher's office is vacant. In other words, the little preacher on the inside of you should always be preaching to you. 
But if there's nobody there on the inside preaching to you, preaching against this thought that's coming in, it's going to come on in. If those thoughts, if those words come and looking on the inside of you, he's standing on the outside, those spirits standing on the outside, they're looking in your window, pressed up against the glass, looking all in there. And if it doesn't see anybody in there, if the light is not on. Now, the Bible says that the, the entrance of God's word gives light. So if there's no lights on the inside, the house is dark. There's nobody laboring in the word. There's no activity. The mind is idle. Well, those spirits simply open the front door and come on back inside. But the worst state is, I mean, but the last state is worse than the first because it's going to bring other buddies with it. In other words, it's going to secure. It's going to bring other faults. It's going to bring other words with it to convince this person that this is the right way to go. Are you with me? Now, let me show you something else, and then we're going to begin to close out. So the, if you would um, turn your Bibles to, let's go straight to Second uh, Corinthians. Second Corinthians. So this house, which is your mind, must be occupied with the word of God. That is not to say that you got to go down the road quoting scripture 24 hours, seven days a week. But there ought to be, uh, there ought, his word ought to get engrafted in your heart, settled in your heart. And listen, what is settled in your heart um, is fully, what is settled is fully resistant. No matter who brings what, you're not going to do it. Let me give you an example. I don't like eggs. I know you do. But I do not like eggs. I do not like milk. I know you do. But I do not. So if someone were to come to my door and offer me a nice steamy uh, plate of eggs with cheese and, uh, and some bits of ham in it and bits of uh, other things in there. And it's, oh, it's, it's you know, steamy. And it's good. Mm. If someone comes up to me, my body will immediately react. Mm. Mm. No, thank you. No. I don't care how you offer it to me. Scrambled, whatever they do, overside, underside, upperside, whatever. How you offer it to me, I don't want it. Why? Because I have sufficient enough experience with it to know that it does not agree with me. I'm fortified in my position that we cannot abide in the same room. And if you're eating it, if you're eating it around me, hurry up and eat it. Hurry up and eat it. I don't even want to smell it. You understand why I've had enough experience knowing what it does to me to know that I don't want that. Okay, by the same token, we've got to have enough experience with the word of God in us. It's got to be ingrained in us engrafted in us so that when these other thoughts come, mm, no, I don't think so. No, mm -mm. Mm -mm. no, 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 no. So then when we get the phone call from Roger again, hello, hey, baby, it's Roger. What you doing tonight? Oh, I'm in Bible study tonight. Oh, really? Let's go to the club. No, Roger, I can't. No. Click, click. We build up sufficient tolerance. The word, has, the word has invaded our heart. 
and it is occupied. Our mind is occupied. It's not idle. It's occupied with what the Father has said about it. And we're, we're in complete resistance. The shields are up to maximum full strength. You're not getting through here. Are you with me? Second Corinthians, and we're going to begin to close it. Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Are y'all still with me today? Second Corinthians 10. Now, let me read this, and then we're going to um, do some explaining. But before I get to 2 Corinthians, let me read to you uh, something that uh, I wrote earlier. And it, it helps to really tie in uh, what Matthew is talking about. The spirit of the mind must be occupied with the preacher. We said that. Uh, the ever-flowing word of God. The little preacher in you should always be preaching. Always be preaching. Uh, the word, or rather the work of Christ must be continued in the mind. Then we will... Um, then it will reflect the body. It will reflect on the body. When Jesus is in the heart and his Holy Spirit is within you and you get the word in ground, engraved in you, engrafted in you, you'll notice you'll walk differently because you've got something different on the inside. Let me come away from this again. I mean, when a woman is pregnant, and we saw a sister who just had a baby, but when she was pregnant, she was walking differently because something was on the inside. There's a little waddle. But when she's delivered, you know, she walks normal again, so to speak. You understand? Because there's something different. Now, people say, I've got Jesus on the inside, but there's no difference in their walk. You say, I'm pregnant with the word, but there's no difference in their walk, no difference in their lifestyle. Something is wrong. We should all be walking like that. We should all be walking like that because Jesus is on the inside of us spiritually. Are you with me? We should all be doing that. Something similar to that on the inside because he's on the inside. Amen? All right. Are you getting an understanding today? Now, I want you to notice something. Uh, the thoughts that continually occupy your mind will control your world. Whatever you always thinking about, it will shape and control your world. If you are always thinking about um, uh, lustful things, that will shape and control your world. If we're always thinking about uh, money and how much we don't have, it will shape and control your world. Remember, meditation is the key to uh, action. Whatever you're thinking about, whatever the enemy can get you to think, if you think continuously on wrong things, it will shape you. It will shape your face. I can guarantee you if, you, if you're always thinking on joyful things and happy things, guess what's going to happen to your face? You have a smile on it. Hey, how you doing, man? Yeah, yeah. It'll change you. Change your continence. But what if you start thinking on negative things and bad things all the time? Ooh. Like, what's wrong with you? Take that lemon out of your mouth. Stop sucking on the lemon. You understand? It, it, whatever you think on the most, whatever, you, whatever is in your mind the most, whatever is occupying your mind the most will change and uh, will change your world, will create the world and frame the world that you're living in now. Guaranteed. Listen, this is also true of society. The thoughts of the majority, uh, the thoughts of the majority of our country will actually change the culture. If everybody thought that... Um, having short mini micro skirts were wrong, guess what? They would not sell any more micro mini skirts, right? If everybody thought 
uh, that having hair was bad. The majority of people thought that having hair was bad. Then we would all go and get our hair cut off and be shaved like some of my brothers here now. Because we don't want to be thought of as bad. Everybody thinking it's bad. I don't be thinking thought of as bad. So I need to get my hair cut off too. Right? Whichever way society thinks, or whichever way the majority of the people think, is what society will, will dictate, was what the culture will dictate. Uh, many years ago, people had never thought about um, uh, curse words being in a cartoon, but they curse on cartoons now. Many years ago, uh, you wouldn't see some of the uh, sensual stuff that's happening now in some of the daytime soaps. You would probably see that on late night television or on some of the dirty, dirty channels. But now you'll see it in the middle of the day. You'll see it. Why? Because people have thought, well, it's not so bad. And because enough people thought, well, it's not so bad. It activated something in Hollywood and in entertainment. Are you with me? All right. But now let's come to, we come to a, a close here. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse number 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now, here's a war going on. Uh, and we know in Matthew, the 12th chapter, there's a war. Spirits are being cast out, and then they're trying to come back in. Thoughts are being cast out, then they're trying to come back in. They're always trying to take authority or dominion over that person. Who's going to rule this person? What's going to be on this person's mind? That's the question. What's on your mind? What's on your mind? Because whatever's on your mind will shape your reality. Whatever's on your mind will shape your world. If I begin to say things like, uh, you know, hey, I'm a prosperous person. I may have holes in my shoes, but I'm a prosperous person. What's happening? As I think in my heart, so is it. You know, my world is beginning to be shaped because I'm allowing God's word to have preeminence in my life. My house is now fortified and, uh, and is now occupied with God's word. I kind of see it as well. You've gone to convenience stores and in the bathroom there, you see a little tab when you go in the bathroom you lock the door it says occupied on the outside anybody seen that before when there's nobody in it you don't have to knock because it says vacant although some people don't lock the door when they go in there for some reason i don't understand that why people don't lock the door when you go in the bathroom but that's another story brother parnell that that's another story all together please lock the door when y'all go in the bathroom but that's another story altogether, okay? Somebody need to hear that, Ray. Somebody need to hear that. All right. But when you lock the door and you're on the inside of the stall there, you lock the door outside, it says occupied. And when it says occupied, people know, oh, okay, there's somebody in there. I'll just wait. And if you're in a tight, you do your little dance until the bathroom is no longer occupied, right? All right. So when these thoughts or feelings come back around your way, because they claim you as theirs. They say, I will go back to my house. I will go back to my house. They've claimed you. That's my body. That's my mind. I will occupy that person. So they claimed you. But when they come back around, they should see occupied and not unoccupied or vacant. 
See, that's the problem. They've come around a, a, enough to see vacant, and we've been vulnerable, and they've come in again. Hallelujah. All right, let's, let's, let's try to close out here. It says again, uh, verse number four, for the weapons of, of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, I won't be able to get to all this today, but we'll get just a little bit to you. How are y'all doing? Okay. To the pulling down of strongholds. Now, strongholds is simply uh, arguments or reasonings by which a despondent endeavors to fortify his opinion and defend against uh, his opponent. Look at this in form of, of a debate. You got two people up debating. You know, and the judge is saying, all right, um, counselors, you people up here in debate, uh, what is your position on gun control? What is your position on abortion or whatever? There are two people up there on debate. So what they want to do, they want to make sure that their opinion, that they have enough information to fortify their opinion, right? Enough because they know questions are going to be fired at them. A stronghold to the pulling, it says, uh, our weapons are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. That's pulling down of opinions or thoughts, strong thoughts within your mind. The way that you said, well, it's always been this way. I'll always be this way. I'll never have this. I'll never have that. These are strong thoughts, fortified thoughts in your head of who you think you are apart from God's word. It says God's power uh, it says again, for the weapons of our warfare of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds. God has to pull those thoughts down. He has to let, let you see who you really are in him. But there are some things about us that we have believed over the years that is causing us to act the way we act right now. Hallelujah. That's causing us when we walk this way or talk that way. And these things have to be pulled down. Well, what pulls that down? The word of God pulls that down. More thoughts. It takes, a, it takes another thought to push out another thought. Can you understand that? One thought will push out another. Uh, you go into one room. They'll give you a good example of that. Then we're going to have to close. Give me a good example of that. Uh, when you go into a room, and some of you can witness and testify about this. You go into a room, and you know that you were going to that room for something. And before you got there, you said, I'm going to go in and get my orange juice I left on the stand. But when you got in the room, something was out of order. Something happened. The phone rang. Somebody said something. What happened? Another thought came. And then soon as you finish that, you say, what did I come in here to do again? What did I come here to do? And you stand for a minute. Wait a minute. I came in to do something. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Orange juice. Yeah, I came to get my orange juice, right? One thought pushed another one out. It doesn't, how many people have had that experience before? Okay, let the record show about 100% of the people have had that experience. One thought will push the other out. Uh, law of physics, you know, two bodies cannot occupy the same space at the same time, you know. You can't have two things there in the same place at the same time, it's going to be one or the other. Let's do, uh, let's do a good example, then we're going to close. All right, here's what I want you to do. Some of you have done it before, so just 
Uh, just play along with us. I want you to count uh, from 1 to 15 on the inside, okay? Just, well, do it from 1 to 5. Okay, do it right now. Ready? Count. All right, 1 to 5. All right, you did better, right? Okay. Now, at the same time, uh, let's do this again. I want you to describe um, your house. Describe your house on the outside with your outside voice. While at the same time, I want you to count to 15 on the inside. Okay? I want you to think 1 to 15. And at the same time, I want you to describe your house uh, using your mouth. Okay? Like, I live in a blue house with green shutters, this, that, this. Okay, I want you to describe that on the outside with your outside voice using your mouth. At the same time, count to 15 on the inside. Ready? Do it. Okay, all right, stop. We can't do it, can we? Why? Because your mind wants to think about the house, and your mind also wants to think about the numbers. And it's too tight a space in your mind. It's too tight a space. Both of them can't fit in the same place. So what's going to have to happen? One's going to have to be kicked out. Okay, you get out here. Let me think about green shutters. Okay, uh, blue. Okay, you come back in. Five, six. Okay, come on. Uh, green shutters, uh, blue. You know, we can't think the same. We can't think two thoughts at once. Only one thing at a time. So when you go into a room... And if the thought is not strong enough, what you came to do, then it can be pushed out by the same token. When all these negative thoughts come up and you're not going to have anything, you're always going to be this way. You're nothing. You're less than the, I mean, you're lower than the scum of the earth. And, and then all some of these wicked thoughts come up. You need to do this. You need to do that. How do we get rid of them? With a stronger thought. Begin to declare what God said. Begin to declare what his word said. And that will push that other stuff out. In essence, when it comes, our house will be occupied because it cannot abide with the word of God that's in you. I pray you've heard the word of God today. If you have, give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you 
And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org.